Welcome to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and thank you so much for joining us today. We know that uh, there's so many other things going on, so many other things you could be listening to right now, but you have decided to listen to what God has in store for you on this podcast. So we just pray and ask that God would bless you in this sermon Thank you again for joining us. Don't forget, you are part of the Rock Creek Family Church family. Hey everybody, Pastor Justy from Rock Creek Family Church welcoming you to our midweek Bible study. I hope everybody is doing well and you're getting getting all geared up for the summer because it is here. It's not going to be here. It is here. And that reminds me of what we're going to be talking about. And that's the kingdom of God. And I love how the, the beginning of the kingdom of God, the entrance, the opening act to the kingdom of God is John the Baptist baptizing people uh, for, for remission of sin, for, for repentance, baptizing them, getting them ready to receive the kingdom of God. For he says, it is at hand. It's here. Now I know they were they were looking for it, but but they were trying to figure out where it was, how it was, who it was, and and John the Baptist was saying, "Hey, it is here. It's in our midst. You just have to align yourself up to receive it, to get it." And I believe that that is still going on today. I believe that God is at work. I believe that Jesus Christ is still saving, still delivering still redeeming. I believe the Holy Spirit is still sanctifying. I believe that our Father, our Heavenly Father, is still on the throne. And so what we need to do is just align our life up underneath that and live accordingly. We're diving into the kingdom of God. In fact, we're doing kingdom of God part five today, the parable of the mustard seed. I'm excited about giving this word to you. I hope you're excited about it. Get your pad, notepad, uh, pen, highlighter, pencil, Bible, whatever it is. Go ahead and get that ready. As we uh, go into just a moment of prayer, you can uh, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 13, which is where we are going to start. And then we are going to uh, have just a second, uh, a few seconds here of some prayer time. And then we're going to dive into this Bible study. Thank you so much for joining. We love you and we appreciate you. appreciate everyone who has been faithfully joining in. Thank you so very much. You are such a big, big part of what we are doing there at Rock Creek Family Church. And you're a part of the Rock Creek family. And if I haven't got a chance to meet you yet, I hope to meet you very soon one day. If you haven't had a chance to come out to one of our live services, I hope one day very soon you will be able to come out and be a part of that. You will love it. I guarantee it. All right, let's just go to the Lord in prayer right now. Father, we do need you. <clears throat> we need you so very much. God, we, 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 we are nothing without you. Oh, but with you, Lord, with you, we can do all things. I want to thank you, God, that you have given us this opportunity today to know you in your word. Holy Spirit, move through everything that is said, everything that's, that's, that every principle that's taught, every, every verse that's read. God, just be, just fill us, be filled with, let us be filled with your glory and your presence. Let us seek you and know you and 
Father, I just I just recognize how much, Lord, we need you. How much, oh God, that we need to hold on to you. How much, Lord, we, we just want to thank you. Thank you, God, that you have blessed us so much and that you have a plan for us. God, we seek your face this evening. We seek it, Lord, and we ask, God, that you would do what you do the best and show up in our life and be the amazing God that you are. Father, we just pray that you touch and bless and heal and help and, and deliver and bring hope to those that need it today. Father, we love you. We trust you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Matthew chapter 13. We're going to just read a couple of verses, just, just two verses here. Matthew 13, 31 through 32. This is a small parable, all right? this is It's really neat, though, that this is just a, a small parable, but this has some really big implications. In fact, if I had to entitle this Bible study entitled this parable, I would entitle it where uh, small parable, big results, or maybe small seed, big results, small seed, big plans. Uh, th th this little bitty parable, don't let it fool you. It's just a couple of verses, but it's powerful. All right, Matthew 13, 31 through 32. All right, another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes even a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. All right, so Jesus, of course, uh, let's remember that he is using common things, things that they understand, to teach them something that they do not understand, that being the kingdom of God. So he's using this world, things of this world, to teach them about a higher principle. He's using something down here to teach them about something that's coming from up there. So so he, he's already trying to set the stage to let people know that there's more to it than what they think. There's more to it than just what they see. There's more to it than what they're hearing. There is more to it than what we can discern in our natural ability. That's why, that's why later in the book of Corinthians it says, I has not seen nor has the ear heard the things and that, that God has in store for those that love him and, and know him. And, and so he's saying that, that in the natural sense, we cannot see it. Oh, but the spiritual sense, kind of like uh, the, the, our spidey sense, right? If, if we're, if we're a, 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 a comic book fan or, or a Marvel fan, right? Uh, our spidey sense, our, our spiritual sense, in essence, kind of begins to tingle to let you know, hey, there is more to this. There's more to this. That's why God gives us the Holy Spirit. And it, it's not something you can see, but yet it is something so powerful. May I, may I suggest even to say someone so powerful that even though you cannot see him, he is doing a great work in your life. 
Jesus setting this up, the context being to understand that let him use something that you can see to teach you something that you cannot see, something that we understand and something that he wants to get us to understand. He's growing us. Yes, this parable is about growing. It's about growth. It's about maturing. It's about coming to into a season. It's about coming into fruition. And so often, if we are not careful, we make a very dark judgment based on either the size of the seed or the, or, or, or the, the darkness of the circumstance, the complexity of the situation, the, the, the dirtiness of the soil, whatever it is, we will make a really, really hard judgment based on that when God is trying to just basically say this, hey, let me work. Let me work. All right? So uh, remember just about a chapter earlier than this, he says a tree will be known by its fruit. And and God is basically saying, hey, this is my work, and I'm going to bring that fruit out of you. I am involved. He is involved in your life. His hands are down in your dirt. He is pulling weeds. He's helping your life. Now, that doesn't alleviate us from any responsibility. We have some weeds we have to pull and we have to be sober and vigilant. We have to make sure that we're doing everything that we can do to make sure we can be stay in alignment with what God is doing. Because I am telling you, just as we said earlier, God is on the move. He is working. I see it. I know it. I don't just feel it. I do feel it, but I'm actually seeing it and I want you to see it too. I want you to see him working down deep in your life. I want to see him working in your heart. I want to see him working in your life. And I want you to see it. I want you to be awakened, not, not just to things that are happening in this world, but I want you to be awakened to what God is doing in your life. Just because the seed is under the soil, it doesn't mean that, that something is not working and something is not moving. God is, oh, he's doing something. There is a moment when you plant the seed that it does seem like it's dead. It does go through a, a process and a chemical reaction that does for a second seem like it's dead. But, oh, just whenever it is time to do so, it begins to break forth out of that shell. It begins to travel and move and press towards the sun, pressing past the soil and the rocks and the things that have covered it, things that have buried it, and it's pressing up, pressing past that, and then one day it breaks that soil, it breaks that level, moves into another level, shines its face toward the sun, looks directly at it, and then begins the, even the next level of growing and the next level of processing to become what God had called it to become. This, yes, like all other invitations, this is, or like all other parables, this is an invitation to go deeper with God. Just as we had said back in week one, that Jesus left the house, spoke the parables, went back into the house to teach his disciples even greater and deeper mysteries of the kingdom of God. 
And he calls the disciples anyone willing to abide with him. So yes, he is inviting you to come and abide with him. Let him do the work. Let him work. Oh, let him work. Position yourself. Let him work. Do what you have to do to hear him. Do what you have to do to listen to him. Do what you have to do to pray. Do what you have to do to read. Do what you have to do to meditate. Do what you have to do to come and know him. Do whatever it is you have to do. This is important. Do whatever it is you have to do to let God work in your life. So there are some kingdom principles here that I want to look at here in just these two little verses. Some some very powerful kingdom principles principles. And the first thing, the first principle I want to pull out is the fact that Jesus is actually, uh, he, he's, when he's saying this, he's actually admitting, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like the mustard seed, which very often we focus so hard on the mustard seed. Before we can focus on the mustard seed, I want you to focus on something else. It says, which a man took and sowed in his field. Oh, get your eyes off of you for a minute and let's seek the face of God. Let's look at him. God says, or Jesus says in this, that there's a, there's a man and, and, and this is most likely him or, or, or his heavenly father, one and the same in essence, right? So he's saying that this man took the seed. So that means it was his seed, right? And then he went out to his land that he owned. And he sowed this seed into this soil, this land that he had owned. Now, the, the, the first principle is this, that let's look at God. The kingdom of, of God starts with God, not with us. Oh, sometimes we get a little little narcissistic. We don't don't mean to. We get a little little self-centered. It, it happens. I do. I do too. We all we all get a little bit of this this selfishness in there that 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 uh, God's moving us moving out of us and moving us closer to Him. That's for sure. But realize this: that the first principle is this: the kingdom of God starts with God. It's His. It is his. This is what Jesus came to do. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to, to bring us back into his kingdom. He came to make sure that, that the heart of the Father was given to a world of orphans. He is making access, making way for his children to come to the kingdom of God and to, 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 to know him as king, to know him as God, to know him as the ruler over their life. The soil is not the ruler. The weeds, they're not the ruler. The rain is not the ruler. Oh no, no, the, the, the world is not the ruler. God is the king. God, it's his kingdom. It's his kingdom. This man did this work, or in this case, this is what the parable says, This the man did the work. The seed didn't sow itself. The seed didn't jump out of his bag and run out to the soil and bury itself. The man did that. Now, for the man to do that, the man had to have prepared the soil. The man did a whole lot of work that the seed never saw. The man had to go out before he ever brought the seed out of the, out, out of the storage barn. The man had to go and do the work before the seed ever even came out 
to face the world. And I'm telling you, God is at work and God is going before you. He will go before you. That was a promise he gave to Israel when he brought him out of Egypt. I will be before you. I will be behind you. I've got you covered. I'm going before you. There are things that some of you are going to walk into in this season of your life. You're going to walk into kind of an, an open door, an opportunity that God actually prepared before you ever got here. That's right. He went before you just as he told Jeremiah, I know the plans that I have for you. So seek my face and know me and I'll make sure you get there. This is about what God is doing first. Then it's about what we do to come underneath that and align our life underneath that. This speaks of the purpose. He has purpose for the world. He has purpose for the soil. He's preparing the soil because he has a purpose for the soil so that the soil will do what he's purposed the seed to do. Man, it's like right hand and left hand. He's working both of it. He's doing, man. He's working before. He's working after. He's working soil. He's working seed. He's pulling weeds. He's getting rid of rocks. He's doing everything that he can do and everything that he will do. This speaks of purpose. This, this seed did not get planted by accident. You are not here by accident. You're not listening to this by accident. You didn't stumble across this by accident. You didn't become part of our church by accident. You didn't come into the kingdom of God by accident. You didn't ask yourself to be saved. You didn't ask God to save you by accident. You are here for a purpose it's his purpose and his identity that he's going to pull out of you. That's what he's put down deep in that seed. And that's what is going to come out. It's an invitation. Come deeper. Know the man. It's almost like he's saying, in essence, um, um, if you're the seed, it's an invitation for you to know who planted you, who 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 broke the ground, who who planted the seed, who worked and tilled and, and pulled weeds and got pissed off and all of these all of these things that, that the, the one seed, know the one that got rid of the pests. Seed, know the one that broke the soil. Seed, know the one that got rid of the rocks. Seed, know the one. It's an invitation. Jesus is saying, hey, it's an invitation. All right, this also speaks of connection. Look at how personal this is. Especially in that day, in that time, they didn't have the tractors and the machines that we do today. Yeah, they had the oxen and they had uh, some some animals and some helpers some, to, to do this work. But but the man knew his soil. He went out and knew his soil. He also knew his seed. He was very personal with all of this. There's a connection here that a, a garden a gardener has to know what he's working with. The gardener has to know and, 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 and work what he is doing. It's a work. It's a hands-on. Uh, I, I love this illustration. This is a hands-on kind of work. Now let's look back in Genesis. What a hands-on kind of work. What a hands-on kind of work that, that God did with his people. Right? He formed us with his hands. Everything else... He spoke into existence, but with us, 
With us, he got very, very hands-on. This is about him, right? This is about taking our focus off of, uh, of worrying as a seed, worrying about if we are going to come into our season or not. Hey, if we just stay his, we're going to come into our season because it's his job to get us into our season. He's taken on that responsibility. We have a responsibility too, but our burden, he says, take, take my burden on you. It's easy and, and, and my, yoke is, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Jesus says that as if you do have a responsibility. We talked a little bit about that last week. And our burden, our responsibility is to remain his, to, to remain in the integrity of being his. It's his soil. He's working it. In fact, it reminds me of Psalm 24, verses 1 and 2. For the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and all those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. That is, this is his. This speaks, speaks of faith, too. Um, um, it speaks of faith, realizing that every gardener has ever planted a garden, ever worked a garden, every, every garden, by the, when he goes out and he begins tilling and working the soil, every single one of them does so by faith. Now, there's a lot of knowledge that they use. There's a lot of wisdom that they use. There's a lot of experience that they use. But it, it, it doesn't matter. There's still an element of faith that is mixed into that. Because you don't know what's going to happen with the season. You don't know if it's going to be dry season or wet season. If, if there's going to be a, a later frost than normal. You don't know how if there's going to be a plague of pests. You don't know. You, you don't know that. So you're sowing in faith. Well, God does know, obviously, way more than we do whenever we're a gardener and we sow. And he knows that though he can have the faith in himself to make sure that he can handle every pest, he can handle every drought, he can handle every torrential downpour, he can handle the frost, he can handle the sun, he can handle all of these elements because he has faith in his own self. He can trust in his own ability to work this. So yes, let's, that's the first principle. There's only two principles here, but, but they're powerful. The first one is get your eyes off of you and put them on the one who's doing this work. Seek his face. Don't seek your own face. Don't seek your own principles and your own power. Don't seek your own plans. Seek his face and he will handle the rest. The second principle, uh, second kingdom principle we have here is that uh, a small seed is a really big idea. A small seed is a really big idea. Uh, Zechariah 4.10 says, Do not despise the day of small things. God in Genesis started with nothing, and look what he made out of it. I say he started with nothing, but if you dig deeper and realize what did he really start with, 
He started with his own ability. He started with his own mind and his own spoken words. His, he started with himself, and look what he did with it. He started with himself. He inserted himself into this, this vast nothingness, this void, this chaos. He inserted himself into that, his will into that, and then it began to happen just as he told it to do so. Look, in, look what God can do with, with nothing there in Genesis. Now, let's look and see what God can do with a little bit of something. Over and over again, Jesus teaches this principle of just what he can do with a little something. Look what he did with a few fish and a few loaves. Not once, but twice. Fed a multitude of people. Look what Jesus did when, when, when he calmed the storm and he turned to them and said, Hey, you, you have little faith. Where did you put it? I don't care how much faith you have. If you have little or if you have a lot, what really matters is where you put it. I can give, if you would have faith the size of a grain of a mustard seed, you can say to a mountain, be moved. You can curse a tree and let it be withered. You can do amazing things with just a little bit. We oftentimes wait to believe in the amazing after we see the amazing. When God says, just believe before you see the amazing. Believe that he can do something absolutely amazing. This, this um, as small as a mustard seed parable or or phrase it was kind of a, a, a colloquialism back in that day. It was it was um it was both in the Roman and the Jewish world that this was something that they heard about a lot back in that day. And it had a meaning, uh, kind of like we have our, our little one-liners and our sayings that we have in, in our culture today. They had one back in that day and it was as small as a mustard seed. Uh, and the reason, the meaning behind that was simply this, don't let the size of that fool you, right? Don't let the size of that fool you because it will, it, it, it will take over. In fact, that's, that's actually what one of the meanings is. It doesn't necessarily, or one of the meanings is, yes, it grows much bigger. You take a tiny seed and it grows way bigger. But another meaning to that is that it takes over or its growth is greater. Let's go back to verse 32. When indeed, well, which indeed is the least of all the seeds, but when it is grown, it is greater. That phrase, it is greater, can mean a couple of different things. Yes, it can mean grow up like a big, big tree, like an acorn, growing into an oak. It kind of has that connotation. And another connotation it has is that and one, this, this one little seed, it doesn't look like a whole lot, but man, when you begin to sow it and it springs forth a plant and that plant springs forth more seed and then it's, it will begin to sow that seed. And before you know it, just a couple of years later, it looks like my yard. <laughs> it, it looks like the weeds are taken over when I, when it's, that's not the way that it started. But now all of a sudden it is taken over. In fact, there's a wild mustard plant over there that is, is almost a nuisance plant because it just takes over everything. 
it ta- it doesn't take much to to let it in and it begins to just explode with growth and take over um what a principle I mean, let's look at this. Let's look what Jesus is saying about the kingdom of God. He said, you know, at first, it might not look like a whole lot to the rest of the world. Oh, but let God work it and see how he works it. See what he does. Watch it explode. Watch it grow. This is a prophetic uh, speech about even what maybe the day of Pentecost, what he's, you know, what that happened, what happened in the book of Acts, how God just took a few disciples. In fact, let's go back even further. Jesus starts off with just start picking a few disciples here and there. Eventually he gets 12 and then, yes, we know that it grows out from there, but he starts with 12. 12 close disciples. Jesus, one, one man in one of the smallest countries in the world at that time wasn't even a country of its own right, owned by Rome. One man who did a work in one of the smallest areas of the world, owned by another uh, system a political system, other country, with just a few people for only three and a half years. And look at what he has done by turning the world upside down. And it all started back with just a little baby in a manger. Okay, no, let's back up. It all started with a conception inside of one servant girl's womb. One seed in one womb of one servant girl would completely turn this world upside down to the point where the world is still debating on it. People are still running from it. People are still living for it and dying for it. People are still fighting for it. People are still scared and running and and, and trying to dodge it. I'm telling you, do not despise the size of the seed. Oftentimes what God does and the big things that he does, he starts with something very small. Why why does he do that? I think there's a couple of reasons why he does that he does that. And the first one is what we've already covered because this is about what he can do, not necessarily about what we can do. First, it's about what he can do. Second, it's about what we can do in him. So this kingdom principle is that a small c can be a really big idea. It can take over. In fact, let's look at it a different way. Let's look at it this way, like the man who's sowing the seed is the heavenly father. And the seed he's actually sowing is Jesus Christ. It's the first mustard seed he puts in that ground. Because he knows when Jesus springs up and he bears the fruit that he is destined to bear it will then send more seed into the ground and it will grow up and it will send more seed into the ground and it will grow and it will take over the world. It will take over. That's why Jesus had a hard time with his uh, 
culture and the people surrounding him, especially the religious people, how that they couldn't get it because Jesus was trying to give, get them to open and expand their mind to help them understand that this is about something bigger than just touching a few people in Jerusalem. This is about touching the world. In fact, there's a prophecy in Ezekiel that makes me think maybe he is, maybe this parable is about Jesus being the seed. All right, Ezekiel 17, 22 through 23. Thus says the Lord God, I will take also one of the highest branches of the highest cedar and set it out. I will crop it off from the topmost of its young twigs, a tender one, and I will plant it on a high and prominent mountain. On the mountain height of Israel, I will plant it and I will bring forth boughs and bear fruit and be and it will be a majestic cedar under it will dwell birds of every sort in the shadow of its branches they will dwell little bit of 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 foreshadowing here right when jesus says that 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 the birds will will be able to nest here in this 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 mustard plant and ezekiel says basically the same thing only he calls it a the, 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 a, a, a top of a cedar tree that gets broken off, right, and gets planted on a high point in Israel. Jesus, I think, is trying to open up and expand their mind by helping them understand that, that this is about him and the work that he's doing. Just as Jesus tells his disciples later, a grain has to fall into the ground and has to die before it can spring up and bear much fruit. I've often learned in my life, the more that I make it about him, who is life, the better off I become. The more that I make it about him, who is love, the better off my life is. The more that I make it about him, who is peace, the better off my life is. The more I align my life and stay in the integrity of just being his, the bigger I grow. And I don't, I don't mean in stuff, I mean in here. The stronger, the better I grow, the more fruit I produce, fruits like love and joy and peace and Patience and gentleness and meekness and kindness and self-control, those kind of things. So what does this now teach us? Let's just come down to the brass tacks and nail those tacks in. What does that teach us? Well, let's look and see what it taught one of his disciples. 1 Peter 5, 6-11. First Peter 5, 6-11 says, Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Let's just stop right there. I'm going to go deeper. Um, let's just stop right there. Let's look at this. The, the, the gardener says, hey, seed, come put in my, get in my hand. Let me do this work. Let me do this. This is something per God says, I'm taking this personally. I'm going to do this work. Put yourself in my hand. Let me do this. Let Jesus 
Let, let Jesus get sown down into your heart and in your life. And let's see what happens when he springs up in your life. And for us to do that is we humble ourselves underneath the mighty hand of God. The hand of God, Jesus Christ, always represents the right hand or the mighty hand of God. So we, we put ourselves in the hand of God and then in due season, at the right time, he will cause it to come to pass. And so all of these worries about, oh, will I become, or can I do, or how can I live, or how can I make it, or how can I bear the fruit that I want to see, or how can I be successful, or how can I keep pressing on when grief is overtaking me, or how can I keep pressing on whenever I feel like I'm weak, or how can I keep pressing on when I've got these things that, that are trying to weigh me down, um, this is where you got to just say, all right, God, you do your work. I put myself in your hands because I cast those cares on you because you care enough for me to do this work. And then our job, verse eight, be sober, be vigilant. That means quit letting all of the soil influence you. The soil is put there actually to help you grow. The dirt in your life sometimes is allowed to be in your life so that God can use it to grow you up out of it, to grow you stronger, to make you better. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. Resist him. Be steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered for a while, you will be perfected and established and strengthened, and he will settle you. Woo! That's a promise. If you felt like you've gone through some messes, God's going to use that mess. God, just as God, oh man, I wonder if the seed really realizes what the soil is doing. Oh, God is using that soil. He's using that, that dirt, that mess, that muck, that junk around you. He's actually using it to grow you, mature you, settle you, strengthen you, perfect you, establish you. He's using it. And one day you're going to pop up like a seed out of that soil. You're going to come and you're going to grow and you're going to begin to bear the fruit that God wants you to bear. And then the last verse, verse 11, to him be the glory and the dominion or kingdom, right? Ruling, reigning, power, kingdom, dominion forever and ever. Oh, you're his Trust his working in your life and you will be amazed. Even if it seems like a small work he's doing in you now, let him work. Be living in an integrity of staying his and he will do the rest. He's a good God. He's a good, good father. He's a good, good gardener. If there's somebody, if there's anybody that knows how to work a garden, it's the one who put the Garden of Eden there first and then put Adam and Eve in it. Yes, our God knows how to garden. Let him do it. Let him work. I encourage you today, just settle in being his. Dear Jesus, for those who are anxious, for those who are worried, 
For those who are doubting fears, doubting belief, and doubting things that are or that you are doing for those that are, are are being overwhelmed by fear and doubt and regret and their past and mistakes, those that are being overwhelmed by the, the, the soil of life, the dirt of life, I pray, Lord God, I pray that you use that in their life to grow them and make them strong and, and grow them closer to you. I pray that they cast their cares, their worries, their anxieties, their doubts, cast them on you, Lord. Lord, I trust you um, and forgive me for the times that I have not. Father, I pray, Lord, that we would just come to know you for you and, and, and rejoice in just being yours. Do your great work. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We love you. We appreciate you so very much. We're praying for you. If there's anything we can do, let us know. Get, send us a message or whatever way you can get a hold of us. We hope to see you soon. We, we, again, we love you. We, we appreciate you. And we hope you have a good rest of the week and hope to see you Sunday. All right, peace out. Thank you so much for listening to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan again, and we are so thankful and grateful for you to be here and join us. We ask that you would make sure that you subscribe so that you can catch other podcasts as they come out. Also, if you would rate it and comment, let us know how God has blessed you through this podcast. We love you. We thank you. Have a blessed day.